This is Opinionated. I don't really have a full understanding of it, but that won't stop me from having an opinion. That's why we're here. Join Features Editor Ben Schiller and reporters Anna Batakova and Danny Nelson. You know, crypto is no longer just about money. It's about culture now. It's like you're thumbing your nose at the process. Part of politics and part of sports and part of gaming. And it's not just the future of money anymore. As they push the conversation further with their own criticisms and reactions to the latest Bitcoin and crypto news from around the world. It believes crypto is bad and it wants it out. I'm even old enough to remember when Microsoft was a kind of cool company in Silicon Valley. Ben, you're old enough to remember when telegrams came over a wire under the sea. (laughs) And just a reminder... Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Hello, this is Opinionated, and this is another podcast from the Great Coindesk Podcast Network. And my name is Ben Schiller, and I'm the features editor here at Coindesk. And joining me today are Anna Bedakova. Hello, guys. And Danny Nelson. Hi, Danny. Hi, the co host of another podcast. Another podcast, another exciting podcast. Well, thanks everybody for listening in. I think we've got an exciting show today and we're going to be talking about the one man, Barnum Impresario, who is known as Elon Musk and you have heard of him because he is everywhere. People cannot stop talking about him. He is known for his sex allegations and his car companies and his rocket ships and his Dogecoin investment. Danny, it's interesting how Tesla invested in Bitcoin right at the beginning of the bull run and, and was said to have contributed to that bull run and has now divested itself of most of that crypto, 75% last week in an earnings call. This seems like a kind of bookend of the bull run, kind of the start of the bull run and now the end of the bull run. How much sort of impact do you think Elon has had on this period, this sort of 18-month run-up in prices? Well, Elon giveth and Elon taketh away. And I think that he had a very outsized impact on the buy side and not so much on the sell side in just simple market repercussions. When Elon and Tesla bought $1.5 billion of Bitcoin in early 2021, everyone was going crazy. Oh, wow. Micro strategies, Bitcoin treasury philosophy is yielding returns, is forcing other entities to follow suit. This is huge companies can't afford not to have Bitcoin on their balance sheet. And it really was a notable moment. Like Tesla's a huge company. It's just a huge cultural force even. And the idea of it investing some of its assets into Bitcoin really was a statement. Now, when Elon and Tesla sold 75% of it at about their purchase price, maybe a little higher earlier this year, it didn't depress the assets price as much as it had inflated on the buy side. So we see him moving into Bitcoin as being much more impactful than moving out of it. Right. I would argue with that, though, because according to what Tesla said, they sold Bitcoin at a premium. They earned some money after buying it. So as our colleague George Kaloudis quite interestingly noted in his piece, According to the timeline, if Tesla earned some money on it, Bitcoin, they should have sold it somewhere near the time where the Terra collapse was unloading and the whole market was melting down. So we do not know if Tesla unloading their Bitcoins did not contribute to that meltdown. So, you know, not that much in a sense of a sentiment like, oh, my God, Tesla is selling. Now we sell, too. But like really selling a ton of Bitcoin and affecting the market. Which I think it's still true that, you know, outsized figures like Elon Musk, like Tesla, like MicroStrategy, like all these whales, mainstream or crypto native in this space, still have outsized influence in this market. Yeah. 
Well, well, you're talking about a slightly different thing, right? You're talking about liquidity, right? The market is able to take the impacts of the orders very seamlessly, but it's the sentiment that I'm talking about here. The idea that Tesla is going into Bitcoin or going out of it, that's what I think is more important than whether or not the market can take the heat, because it can, at least for Bitcoin. Well, I mean, for Bitcoin holders, the price is what matters, you know. If it goes up or goes down, it doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter if it goes up because of the hype or it goes because people are really buying. You know, it goes up and it goes down because somebody saw it. It goes down because somebody said shit about Bitcoin still goes down. Yep. Okay, so we're going to get into all of this. And I think it probably is less about the market and more about the sentiment and Elon Musk's sort of role in that sentiment. I'm going to be joined by special guest David Morris, who is chief columnist here at Coindesk, who wrote a stunningly elegant piece about Elon last Friday, which was titled, Does Crypto Still Care About Elon Musk? So we're going to look at Elon's role in the market and this role that he plays in building narratives and tearing down those narratives. Welcome, David. Hello, everybody. So David, thanks very much for coming on the show. Great to have you. So you wrote a great piece last week about Elon. What sort of prompted that? I mean, it seems like He's been instrumental or Tesla's been instrumental in the sort of fall of the market, or at least it seemed that the sell-off from Tesla was time to kind of coincide with the fall of the market. And you were noting about the lawsuit that uh, had come against Musk over his investments and continued sort of shellacking of Dogecoin and also various other sort of misadventures that he'd had recently. I mean, do you think that Musk, his star is, is waning now? Do you think he's sort of losing his influence or is his influence as high as ever, do you think? I think there's a lot of nuance there in terms of who he's influencing. I mean, there's so much to say about Elon Musk and about his role in crypto, but I think it's really significant that there were kind of two sides to the coin, even at the height of all this frenzy, which was, on the one hand, people interpreted it as like very positive when Tesla put Bitcoin on its balance sheet. And... I think at the very least, it was a strong signal of faith that this thing wouldn't just explode, which even in, you know, 2021, when they did that, it, you know, there were still plenty of people who have that basic level of technical faith and maybe not understanding, but at least belief that this is a real thing. It's a meaningful signal. But at the same time, Elon, as you have pointed to, was just jabbering nonstop in like baby voice about Dogecoin. And, you know, for anybody who understands crypto as a technology, as an industry, as a social phenomenon, knows that that was like always nonsense. And it really was confusing on some fundamental level to have this guy who was supposedly a major bull signal for something real, Bitcoin, also just legitimately fudding about Dogecoin. I mean, Side note, but like FUD can be positive too, in a sense, like you think about fear, uncertainty and doubt, but it's also just misinformation. And Elon Musk was spreading thousand points of misinformation about Dogecoin. And it's always sad to say, but like, it doesn't seem like people learn a whole lot because all the people who lost money on Dogecoin are just busy suing Elon or are just gone. And a very small portion of them will take the time to figure out exactly why he was so wrong. And then, you know, very few of us are going to take the time to bother and try and think through what his actual motivations were, which still remain incredibly mysterious to me. And so I think what we're left with is just a picture overall of somebody who 
is just impulsive and frankly doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, I'm going to say something that people will roast me for, but at the end of the day, Elon Musk is like smart in some ways, but pretty much not smart in a lot of other ways. And I think that nobody wants to hear that because everybody wants him to save their stock portfolio and he's in the S&P 500 now. But the truth of the matter is this is like a guy with some real fundamental personal weaknesses as we're finding out. And it doesn't have that much to do with crypto at the end of the day. He's just impulsive and self-indulgent and undisciplined. I mean, I think that that's the takeaway that everybody, not just crypto people, is getting right now. I think he's an ideas guy masquerading as a like little details guy, right? That would be true if his ideas were good. Well, I mean, his ideas are good, right? You see, he's got these visionary ideas that are moving forward. Okay, not in crypto. Crypto is a tiny little bit of it I will get to, but he's got a lot of really gigantic ideas for changing the world. A lot of them are maybe a little too gigantic, but they are moving forward. SpaceX is working with NASA in gigantic ways. Tesla is setting the standard for electric cars. And yet he falls victim to his own impulses in a way that really undermines that perception of him as someone who really has the details about him. Like he decided to waive his rights to do due diligence on Twitter because he just wanted to get the deal done at his memeful price point. I think it was $54.20 or something like that. He now has buyer's remorse. When it comes to crypto, I don't know if I'd say he has buyer's remorse on his crypto holdings, but he's certainly not in it for the tech. He's in it for the memes. He is a meme master and we shouldn't be taking too much of what he says seriously. Well, Anna, go for it, but I'm going to follow up on the meme thing because I think that's who this actually is. Yeah, well, actually, I totally agree. And, you know, in the crypto sphere, at least, Elon has pretty much shown that he's here for fun. He's here to, you know, toss in some catchy tweet and see what happens and see the whole market, like, roil around it. It was kind of surprising for me that after all of that craziness that has been going on around Musk on Twitter, When he announced that he was to buy Twitter, all the crypto Twitter was like, yay, Elon, be our savior. Like, save Twitter. You're the only, even Jack Dorsey said that, like, Elon Musk is the only solution. And I was like, are you guys for real? Like, you're in crypto. Are you here for decentralization and not to trust anyone, uh, to trust the technology itself? I mean, of course, Twitter is centralized, right? It's not decentralized. But, like... You give so much power to like a single guy. You, you so want to believe this one larger than life figure going to save everything. Like, isn't that ironic? And aren't mm. you giving him this outsized power with your hands? Well, you don't have to believe in him that much. You don't, you know. The Twitter thing is such an emblem of all of, of Elon's problems, which basically amount to like, being so convinced that he is a genius that he doesn't actually think about anything. I mean, he came on to the Twitter thing being like, I'm going to get rid of the bots and we're going to have no censorship, which if anybody has spent 10 minutes actually thinking about social media and the problems that are inherent to social media, he never had a credible plan for dealing with the problems that he was supposedly going to be the savior for. And I want to rewind to the meme thing, Danny, which is, SpaceX and Tesla were not founded by Elon Musk, and he did not play an active role in developing really any of the core technologies behind those companies. The things that he did develop are the Hyperloop, 
which is a clever idea that makes no sense once you think about it for five minutes, and a tunnel for cars under LA via the Boring Company, and Neuralink, which is basically just a one-sentence white paper that we're going to connect computers to the human brain and do something, question mark. Like, we have thought, or a lot of people, I guess, like, he's a hype man. We've been thinking that Elon Musk was Chuck D, but he's actually Flava Flav. And that's the mistake that the entire market has made for five years. It's interesting that getting rid of bots and having no censorship are two absolutely opposite goals. If you have power to get rid of bots, it means you have means to censor. If you have no censorship, then there will be bots and you're going to ride with it. This direct contradiction just probably show you something about the whole way of thinking. Well, one way we could actually get rid of bots on Twitter, if Elon were to delete his account and proclaim that he just doesn't use Twitter, there would be no space left for a sizable percentage of the (laughs) crypto Twitter bots that are trying to scam people. Because he alone, I think, I don't know the stats on this. I guess Twitter does. That might be what he's trying to figure out. But when I'm on crypto Twitter, which is too often, all I see is an Elon Musk bot telling me how to make more money. Every single story we post, it's everywhere. If he were to delete his Twitter, he would solve the bot problem, at least a little bit of it. (laughs) That's a good point. But you know what? My real complaint, what I would want Elon to fix if he bought Twitter is I want my own bots. I don't have enough bots. I don't have any like reply bots trying to scam off my tweets. What's wrong with me? You know, like, am I not worthy? We're just not hot enough. I guess. Damn. Not yet. Let's also talk about Elon and hype and his approach to communication and the context that he sets around all of his projects. And frankly, there's a reason that he picked up on crypto, and it's not necessarily a good reason. And it is that to an extent, and I don't want to make wild allegations here, but a significant amount of what goes on at Tesla has to do with, let's say, very careful accounting. I came to Coindesk after having worked at Fortune reporting on tech for a couple of years. And during that time, you know, I spent a lot of time looking at Tesla. And this is 2019, 2020. So really kind of, and I had been reporting on Tesla going back to 2015 or 2016. So I spent those years, 2015, 2016, really looking at technology, being impressed that like, you know, electric cars are fundamentally a superior technology. They're good for society. I support the mission, all that stuff. But when you get into like 2019, 2020, what we were looking at was no longer the technology, but the, you know, constant resets on accounting issues. So for example, people who want to go can look this up. I did a very long, very detailed examination of how Tesla accounted for its warranty funds. For those who don't know, a car maker has to keep a certain amount in reserve to cover warranty costs. And Tesla, we discovered after, you know, going through two years worth of quarterly reports with a fine-tooth comb. Going through those on a you know, rolling basis for a couple of years, Tesla was basically manipulating the amount of warranty funds that it was putting into a reserve and using those to change its profit margins on an active basis. And so like, this is really where Elon shines, is in shifting around money. And crypto is good for that. In this case, Bitcoin seems to have turned out to be good for that. I'm not sure if I've I missed any updates, but at least the impression immediately when they made their sale was that they had gotten out with some kind of profit margin that actually helped them change their cash takeaway for the quarter. Obviously not proper revenue per se, but it was an accounting move. Again, 
So I think that for people who are concerned about Bitcoin specifically, understand that like in this case, Elon rugged you. He said they had diamond hands. He said that they were committed for the long term. This was actually another accounting play by Tesla that benefited them, and they don't really care about Bitcoin. Hey, this is Eleanor Paul, associate producer at Coindesk Podcast. If you like this show, we'd love to hear from you. Shout us out on your socials or email us at podcasts at coindesk.com. Want to hear more crypto news and analysis? Head over to the Coindesk Podcast Network to listen to The Breakdown with NLW as he fuses daily news pieces to build a larger narrative explaining the power shifts in crypto, politics, markets, and more. Or check out the Coindesk Reports feed for Money Reimagined with Sheila Warren and Michael Casey as they explore the connections between finance and human culture with high-profile guests. If you want to hear about crypto, Coindesk has got you covered. Now back to the show. So you actually say at the end of this piece that you wrote last week for crypto experts specifically, Musk's absurd and destructive shilling of Dogecoin has made it clear that he either doesn't understand the point of Bitcoin or at best he doesn't care at all very much. So what are you actually saying there about his lack of understanding of Bitcoin? I mean, are you saying he doesn't kind of understand the concept of it? I don't think he understands the concept, honestly. And I mean that on not necessarily even a technical level. I, I mean, I'm sure you would hit the limits of his technical understanding within about five minutes of talking to him directly about Bitcoin. We've had this whole huge debate about Bitcoin maximalism over the last month or so, which I've also written about. And there is no greater condemnation of quote-unquote Bitcoin maximalism than the fact that they could both support Elon as a Bitcoin holder through Tesla while like somehow giving him a pass on Dogecoin, which has, you know, I mean, I don't think we have broad numbers, but I mean, it has cost his fans millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars of their, you know, probably small time individual investor funds because he just like, I mean, not even Dogecoin. Remember Baby Doge, where he was like, oh, do, 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 Baby Doge, blah, blah, blah. I'm rich. It's fun to steal people's money. I mean, it's criminal, honestly, and he is being sued. And let's also talk about the negligence as much as the quote unquote maxis have shown their true colors by being inconsistent here. Let's talk about the SEC who have let him just absolutely run rampant for the last four or five years do whatever he wants, take slaps on the wrist for serious, serious violations. The idea that he just falsely tweeted that there was going to be a private buyout of his public company at a specific price that turned out to be completely false, and he got whatever it was, a $20 million fine. Insane. Absolutely insane. So no wonder he's out of pocket. No wonder he's doing whatever he wants and feels like he can get away with it. You're saying he got off lightly? I mean, he absolutely got off lightly. Are you kidding? Yeah, he's gotten off lightly with the SEC for years. They've had a very light touch when it comes to Elon. They make all this hullabaloo about, you know, being out there to protect the investor. And when you have the CEO of a very major corporation just shitposting and saying bombastic nonsense, and all you end up with is a slap on the wrist, maybe a fine, and a word that you need your lawyers to pre-clear your tweets, which, by the way, almost he certainly doesn't happen. I would say that that is the SEC 
going light on you for sure. And going back to the meme idea, even with that funding secured tweet for Tesla, that was a meme too. It's all memes, all memes all the way down. Another 420 reference, I believe, was secured for that one. So mm -hmm. this is a guy who lets his impulse and his desire to be funny dominate his actions in business and life. Right. I mean, my contention, I think, is that this isn't so much about Elon than the need for the market. And, and I would include us media in this for somebody like Elon to basically be playing this role of pumping things up and playing this kind of outsized personality. And we actually have an incentive as journalists and as certainly as market watchers and people who are participating in this whole crypto experiment to see some kind of people coming into the party and this whole thing going up. So isn't this sort of a bit unfair to kind of blame it all on Elon when maybe he's kind of a creature or a product of the system that we're all sort of party to? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, people want icons. People want people that would save them from themselves and from the chaotic mm. world that they cannot predict. Even in crypto, where everybody's talking about how fearless, how resilient we are, how much better than the centralized world. Yet, you know, everything seems so vulnerable when outrageously powerful person comes. It all nearly falls down as a house of cards. I wouldn't give him as light a pass, though. I wouldn't give him as light a pass on being a creation of the media. I mean, we're seeing now that he's going hard against the media for specifically the Wall Street Journal for circulating a story that he says isn't true that he slept with Sergey Brin's, I think, ex-wife now. He, in the replies to people who are talking about that story, he's saying, this is the media, they're playing for the clicks. They're doing what they can to get people to drive attention to themselves. I would say that's what he's doing too. With all of his antics, he's just trying to make himself more visible and more important in the culture, and he's successful at it. And so I don't mm -hmm. think one can say he's a victim of the media so much as we're almost working together in a weird way. Yeah, and let's put this into a broader context too, right? There's nobody you can compare Elon Musk to more accurately than Donald Trump, which is people who are just loud, don't care about the truth, believe that they are unaccountable. And this is at this point a cultural problem. I mean, honestly, the crypto side of this story is tangential to the story of Elon Musk, right. immensely tangential, like minor in the big picture. I mean, the fact that Tesla is in the S&P 500 is part of, you know, some of the passes that the SEC, and even though I know it didn't happen until, you know, relatively recently, but we're in a economy where growth and innovation are increasingly hard to come by. And so a company like Tesla in the U.S. context gets special treatment and it gets preferential placement in markets such as its S&P listing, despite the fact that it has pretty questionable profit metrics. Right. And so once you get that, then a lot of people have a vested interest in protecting Musk in much the same way that certain people had a vested interest in protecting Donald Trump from his own behavior. That's how you wind up with people who think that they're unaccountable, is once somebody gets this you know, shred of power by whatever means, and also has an underlying ideology that frankly tells them that they have the right to do whatever they want. So you have to also connect it back to the fact that Elon co-founded PayPal with Peter Thiel, a person who has some very explicit 
hyper-libertarian slash authoritarian beliefs and who, whatever it was five years ago, because a news outlet revealed that he was gay, which whatever you feel about it could be considered legitimate reporting, but that to him was so unacceptable that he used the legal system and many people would say abused the legal system to shut down Gawker, the news outlet that reported something he didn't like. And that is the nexus of ideology that Elon Musk comes out of. The idea that he has been, frankly, sort of posing as this liberal Democrat for the past six or seven years because he wants people to like Tesla, who buy those cars and who are going to defend his access to the subsidies that make the company profitable. That's part of the story here, too. And we're now seeing him take off that mask that he's been wearing for years and reveal what he really is, which is an authoritarian, quote unquote, libertarian who believes that rich people should control the world. Sorry, I think that's just hokum bullshit. Okay, well, go. Tell me. Sorry, David. I mean, I, I always agree with you, and I think you're a very smart guy. But, I mean, to kind of tie Elon to Peter Thiel and this whole crazy story about him being reported on as gay, and, and that was a whole different set of issues. And, by the way, I don't agree with reporting somebody being gay. and I don't know how that's germane to anything. Although I do agree with you that going after Gorka in the way that he did was disgusting. But to say that because he worked with Elon Musk on a project years ago, two company managers, and he's going to behave the same way because he's friends with Peter Thiel, I think that's kind of a bit of a stretch, you know. Well, I mean, it's an ideological project, right? Like the Thiel thing, it's not just a connection to Peter Thiel, right? Like Elon explicitly came out and said, oh, I'm a Republican now. And he said that at a time when switching sides to Republican, I mean, whatever. I don't personally think the political system is... It's, it's not a crime to be a Republican. Though. I mean... But the political system is now not about politics. It's about signaling. And, and declaring in 2022 that you've switched sides from Democrat to Republican carries some really specific ideological messaging. I'll say that. I think you're overanalyzing this. I'm sorry. Well, that's my job. I think we can just stick with his statements, which are patently absurd, to skewer this guy. I think he's just a man who is way too bombastic for his own good. And we need to, as industry observers and market participants, be aware of his proclivity for just spouting nonsense. Because he's not tweeting and thinking first. He's just putting it out into the world, seeing what happens and running with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we need to wrap this up. And I just want to go around the room and get everyone's perspective on the future of Elon Musk. Anna, where do you think his star will be in a year's time? Do you think he'll continue going up as a kind of major cultural market moving figure? Or do you think his star is now on the wane? Oh my God, I think it's a very undesirable job to predict what Elon Musk is going to be doing. I think it's a pretty safe bet to say that at least in one year time, it would be still, you know, probably doing all the same stuff. Okay. You know, tweeting funny, outrageous things, running companies he's running now, coming up with all kinds of wild ideas, causing all kinds of fireworks. Danny? I would say that he will definitely be more powerful in a year's time than he is now. He is set up to be impactful in the public sphere for the long term. He's not going away. David? I mean, I think the question to ask here is, what is the real base of his power and influence? And ultimately, I think the main base of his power and certainly his wealth is Tesla stock. And I specifically say Tesla stock, not Tesla, the company. SpaceX is actually probably a better company than Tesla from an actual profit and productivity standpoint. And so, you know, he has that perpetually. 
But he's the richest man in the world because he has pumped Tesla stock up to completely insane levels. And it has been going down, and I think it's going to continue to go down. I mean, not only are we entering a possible like recessionary period, but most importantly, you have Ford and other car makers putting out electric cars that are better than Tesla's. I think that Tesla as a proposition is on a long-term secular decline unless they really get it together. And I don't think having Elon as CEO is actually an advantage for them anymore. I mean, we're seeing sentiment, whatever you think on a substantive level about his politics and his various declarations. But I mean, he has alienated his primary customer base. I don't think the people he thinks are his fans now are out there looking for Teslas. And the one product that might appeal to sort of red state libertarians, the Cybertruck, has been delayed because, again, Tesla, not great at operations. So I think you have to really look at it on a material level. And I think Tesla maybe has peaked in terms of its actual market value. I think we might not see Tesla go back up to where it was. And on that level, Elon's done. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. And just want to point out that I think a lot of the kind of mind trick that Musk was able to pull on the market was this sort of idea that Tesla was no longer just a car company, but now a tech platform company. I think that kind of notion has been kind of done a death in yeah. this market. And I also think just going back to the kind of idea of must be a kind of media creation. Well, there's nothing that media likes more than to build people up and then to knock them down. And I think uh, there's kind of a, something cyclical mm -hmm. about the kind of reputation building and uh, sort of bashing down that the media does. And I think I could easily see a future cover story of some illustrious magazine like Fortune saying, you know, where is Musk's star fallen now? You know, that's kind of the mm -hmm. story just kind yeah. of waiting to be written. Let's see it on layer two. Let me just make one point that follows directly on Ben's, which is the specific thing that Tesla has promised that has not been able to pull off is self-driving. And I think that's really the nail in the coffin is yeah. they've been six years now working on full self-driving. It doesn't work. And honestly, I think they're going to have to pull the product and probably issue like a millions and millions of dollars worth of refunds to the people who have pre-ordered this thing that doesn't exist. Definitely. And I just wanted to come back to crypto for a second and give one credit to Elon. You know, one good thing about this whole Elon Musk and crypto story is that in a very, you know, kind of grotesque caricature way, he showed everyone that you're in crypto, you shouldn't be believing in Santa Claus and mm. waiting for somebody to save your bags. If you are in crypto because some cool guy is in crypto, well, maybe you need to rethink. Maybe you need to uh, think some more. Why are you here? And brace for some bad news and prepare for some bad scenarios and not just wait for a miracle man, for a superman to come and bring good days in. Because right. it's crypto, everything's changed, and winter is coming. That's the lesson for all of us. <laughs> mm. You can learn some things from this market. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you, Anna Bedikova, and thank you, Danny Nelson, and thank you, David Z. Morris, for your continued Thanks, insight and erudition. I'm Ben Schiller, and this has been Opinionated, and thanks to everybody who's listened and participated. Thank you. Yes, and this episode has been brought to you by shop.tesla.com, where you can still buy the S3XY mug. Use our referral code. Disregard. For 445 Doge. That's right. Payments, Doge payments. Thank you for listening. Dogecoin. Okay. Oh, there we go. Subscribe to us and rate us on your podcast apps, guys. Yes. Oh, yeah. Five stars only. Please. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
You've been listening to Opinionated with Ben Schiller, Anna Batakova, and Danny Nelson. This episode has been produced and edited by Eleanor Paul with announcements by Michelle Mousseau. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at podcast at coindesk.com, subject line, Opinionated. Or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. 